special, baby. You better act like you know. And now, from the Spinnaker Radio Studios... Critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Gordon. All right, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. The Thanksgiving Day Special. Yes, folks. If this show was worth its entertainment value in gold, I'd say go ahead and retire on your Thanksgiving Day special listening experience because you're rich now. You're mother effing rich off of entertainment here on the Doc G Show. Before I introduce the lineup of what we got on the show, let me introduce Eric Cirillo. Eric, Thanksgiving, are you excited? I am super excited. I haven't eaten yet, um, but I'm about to here in a little bit, and I'm then I'm going to pass out for the night. I won't even get to any games because I'll just be so tired. Turkey coma. That's what I am talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. You want to know the lineup? Here's the lineup. We've got who's wearing their birthday suit with a profitable twist. We've got fitness news. And we've got musical breaks throughout the show from our special guests, Big Thunder and the Rumblefish, who I'll be interviewing later in the show. We've got our sports update as per usual. We've got Rip from the Headlines. And of course, we've got our Tim Tebow update. Good show, right, Eric? Yes! Looking forward to it. Talk about Rumble in the Jungle. I've heard those guys, and they are they're pretty talented. They are. They are good. We're gonna hear some good music today. Guys, I'm excited about this show. Real excited. It's a fantastic show, but I'll be honest. I was dragging yesterday. Oh, no. I don't know what it was. just couldn't get it together. Just a lot of low points. You want to know how bad I was struggling? Mm-hmm. I'll lay it out. So I took my car to the Honda dealership for some service. Because obviously, I like to get screwed on the price. So I go to the dealership for my service. Yes! So I take my Anna Honda in. And I tell the service re- the receptionist what I need done to my car. She looks out at the parking lot and she says, And which car is yours? I looked her straight in the face and I said, The Honda. Sweet. There was a parking lot of 300 Hondas and I decided to describe my car as The Honda. Good job. I didn't even give her a color. Just Honda. She looked at me like I worked at KFC and I just told her we were out of chicken. 
She didn't even respond. She just waited until my stupidity clicked in my own head. That's what I mean when I say I was dragging yesterday. But, but I turned it around. Yes! And I know what my secret was for turning around a bad day? Okay. Here's what you do if you have a bad day, I'll tell you. Smell someone's laundry. Oh, yeah. That's it. Just sniff it in. In that moment, it is impossible to be upset. You know you know what that is? That's zen. That's what that is. I mean, yesterday, I came back from getting my car serviced. I was walking down the street, and boom. Oh, man, is that lavender? You are instantly transported to a sunny day in a spring meadow in late afternoon. Someone doing laundry is a one-stop ticket to fantasy land. But, but, very important, can't be your laundry. Has to be someone else's. If you're smelling your own laundry, it's like sending yourself a birthday card on your birthday. You don't get nearly the same effect as someone else doing it. It's just sad and ineffective. So next time you're feeling down, just cruise around your neighborhood sniffing for laundry. Don't worry, your neighbors will get it. They'll understand. They listen to the Doc G Show too. They'll get it. Yes! Speaking of show, let's get this thing started with some who's wearing their birthday suit. Alright guys, so... This is a special edition, as I was saying. It's special because if you get the answer correct, you could win $100. Hell yeah! What? Can we sound the applause for that? Somebody sound the applause. There we go. So Eric and I are going to go through who's wearing their birthday suit as usual. Once you guys know the answer, make a post on social media, either Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, with the answer to who's wearing their birthday suit. Then use the hashtag, the Doc G Show. Okay? That's all you have to do, and you're entered. So, in the next two weeks, we're going to randomly select a winner for a $100 Visa gift card. One more time, all you have to do, make a post on social media with the answer to who's wearing their birthday suit. Either on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And then use the hashtag, the Doc G Show. And you'll be able to win $100. Is that fantastic, Eric? That sounds amazing. I wish you could do it. So, like, if I didn't get it, then no one could win. Because then it would be even more pressure. But I everyone, like Everyone, Everyone on the street, because if we all know everybody's listening to the show, would be like, Eric, what the crap, man? You missed, you made me lose $100. I hate you. And you'd be like, I'm sorry. I didn't know who it was. It's not my fault. So, if everybody's ready, go ahead. Listen in close to the speaker. Here we go. Here's the first clue for who's wearing their birthday suit. Our famous person, once again, they are famous because obviously that is a criteria. They were born in Charlotte, Tennessee. Hmm but moved to Indianapolis with their family when they were four. As a kid in Indianapolis, our famous who's wearing their birthday suit uh, person loved to play basketball. So, very young, born in Tennessee, moved to Indianapolis at the age of four, loved to play basketball. Not giving much away here because it's so special. You gotta, you gotta take time. So I'm not expecting you to actually have a guess. You can throw one out if you want, Eric. Do you have a guess? 
Um, now, I was going to joke that I did, and I was like, don't say anymore. I already know who it is, but I have no idea. All right. Uh, people out there, don't cheat. Go ahead and try to think of it. Don't use the Google machine. That ruins all the fun for everybody. Anywho, so since we've got that out of the way, let's go ahead and move on to fitness news. Jebediah, give it to me. And now the news. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you, Jebediah. You have yourself a wonderful Thanksgiving. May it be full of Thanksgiving miracles. Yes! Oh, yes. So he might he might go into a food coma and never wake up. Don't you say that. Don't you I put don't know, that. Man. Don't you put that bad juju on Jebediah. <laughs> Sorry, Jeb. All love. All love. All love. All right, guys. So I don't want to start out fitness news like this, but I'm I'm gonna have to. Guys, you know there's been all kinds of things in the news lately that have made people say that the world is in turmoil. Trump wins the presidential race. Glaciers are melting at a tremendous speed. Steph Curry couldn't make a three in a game recently. Taco Bell made a Kit Kat quesadilla in England. It's all up in the air. I mean, those topics are intense. But what I'm getting ready to break to you is far more frightening. Brace yourselves. Richard Simmons is closing his L.A. fitness studio. Yeah, that's right. Slimmons Studio closing its doors. So where are people supposed to sweat to the oldies, you ask? I don't know, but it's not Slimming Studio anymore. If you want to work out with a dude with an afro that seems like cameras follow him everywhere he goes, you better just see if Colin Kaepernick can sweat to the oldies, because Richard Simmons, he's not doing it anymore. He's done that game, guys. Guys, I'm not finished. There's more terrible news. What? Apparently, Daily Mail has released a story interviewing Richard Simmons' former massage therapist who claims that Richard Simmons hasn't been seen in public for the last two years because his housekeeper is keeping him against his will in his own house by the use of witchcraft and wizardry. (sighs) Yeah. Don't worry, everyone. I talked to Minerva McGonagall. We referred to some of Dumbledore's previous works. We've come up with a dragon blood concoction that may break Richard Simmons out of his house. Once he's out, we'll have all of Hogwarts sweating to the oldies instead of playing Quidditch. That joke was for you, Beezy and Michelle. You have no idea the intense Harry Potter research I had to do to make that joke because I knew none of it. Has witchcraft or wizardry ever impacted your workouts, Eric? Hmm. Every day of my life. <laughs> exactly. See, I'm I'm a Harry Potter fan, so I'm I understood everything you were saying there, but um, but no, I think that's I I think that's really funny though. Yeah, that that's that, that I'm not joking, guys. That was a true story. Both of those. Just take that in. That was actually real. So in case you were going to take a picture of the Richard Simmons Slimming Studio, don't do it because it's not there. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin your guys' Thanksgiving. Still, we've got a great Thanksgiving show. Don't start crying, everybody. Don't worry. Okay, next next topic. Uh, Science Daily released a story on a new weight loss method called the Abalon Six-Month Balloon System that claims to help patients lose nearly twice as much weight uh, than compared to exercise and diet alone. 
Abalon six-month system is a swallowable, gas-filled, intragastic balloon that has been approved by the FDA. So the system works by an individual swallowing a capsule that contains the deflated balloon. And once it's in the stomach, the balloon is inflated with a microcatheter. The balloon can stay in the stomach up to six months for the entire treatment period. Uh, hey, Bob, you want to lose some weight? What if I were to tell you I've got something that could help you lose twice the weight of diet and exercise? Uh, well, I'd say you're full of hot air. Bob, how'd you know my secret? I was going to shove these pills down your effing throat and fill them with hot air. How'd you know? Get out of here. Eric, do you have any hot air pills in your stomach right now? I've, I mean, I've got pills, but not hot air ones, that's for sure. <laughs> mm, yours are way more effective, right? Yes, they uh, they do more than just uh, pump me up. Mm. That's good to hear. I'm glad. I don't even know. I don't even know what I was implying by that, but <laughs> sick freak. This is a Thanksgiving Day special. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the Telegraph, a British news outlet, recently released a news story questioning the country's love for quote unquote hard workouts. The story focuses on a new workout put out by the company Gymbox called Flatline an homage to the flatline and an EKG when someone's heart is not working. Some staffers promote it as almost impossible to finish. The writer of the article goes on to say that this type of working out is keeping most people who are thinking about doing some exercise from performing any at all. The writer says the country should promote easy and obtainable workouts. Then the writer leaves the reader with two tips. Pro tip number one, Every time you post a go hard or go home meme on your Twitter feed, someone chooses home. There are biscuits there. Mm. See, you can tell that it's a British outlet. Who else would say biscuits? Weird. Pro tip number two. If someone tells you how hard they, they just worked out, ask them what it was that they specifically did that they got better at. Here's a little tip for the author of the article. In Britain, like America... The hard portion of go hard or go home isn't really the problem. It's the going. It's the same as it is here in America. No one goes to the gym. Yes! Regardless if it's hard or not. My office is beside an elevator and a flight of stairs. I constantly hear that elevator going non-stop. Sure, could people take the stairs? Oh, yeah, they could take the stairs for a little bit of easy exercise in their day. But you want to know how often that happens? Never. It happens pretty much as often as I hear somebody saying, Hey, you know what would be good today for lunch? Vegetables. Yeah, I get it. Neither of those things happen. I mean, holy Christ, our show today is dedicated to a holiday celebrating overeating and not doing anything in America. Forget go hard. Forget go. We're lucky if we can stand, let alone move. They should change the slogan to stand hard or lie down. Sweet. Eric, are you intimidated by workouts that go hard or are you intimidated by pre-workouts that don't go hard on your liver? <laughs> uh, definitely the latter. The former is, um, honestly, that's how I approach my workouts for the most part, but usually that's only because of the insane amount of stimulants that are running through my veins. <laughs> Good. That is the just, smart way to approach exercise. 
and just pummeling my kidneys and liver like it's a speed bag in an old smelly boxing gym we like the one Rocky trained in. Huh? We can only hope they they fail on you in a couple years. I'm just kidding. I don't put that juju on you either. Oh, thank you. In a new article put out by the New York Times, Christopher McDougal. If you don't know who McDougal is, he wrote an extremely popular book called Born to Run. And I actually suggest you guys read it if you haven't read it. It's a great book. He wrote a story, though, for the New York Times on how he and his family saved a donkey from being killed. Apparently, their neighbor was a hoarder uh, that inadvertently almost killed several animals by uh, neglecting them. One of them was this donkey. The family saved it and named it Sherman. Yes! And then McDougal decided to make it his running partner. Wait a second. Finally, my dream come true. If you're telling me I could run with a donkey, preferably the donkey from Shrek every day, I would be running marathons every day. Are you kidding me? Yes! There couldn't be a better running partner. Except maybe the dragon from Milan. Hmm. Also like to run with him. They have a striking similarity. I gotta say, there's something about them that reminds me of each other. I'm not sure what it is. Eric, hmm. do you ever work out with barnyard creatures? No, instead I just had Eddie Murphy screaming into my ear for an hour and a half. Oh, that's the similarity. Knew it. <laughs> All right, People Magazine recently published a story highlighting on fitness Instagrammer that decided to show that before and after pictures aren't always as they seem. Sarah Puto uh, posted to uh, her Instagram one picture with the uh, just a normal pose of her booty and then one with a patented booty pop pose. Wait, what? She commented, I thought I'd show my booty from its normal straight leg standing position versus a posed booty pop position. Because in a world where the Kardashians' booty are so glorified, we need to remember that the photos we see of them and others aren't always reality. Oh. Wait. Wait. Hold on a second. So let me get this straight. You're telling me that people deliberately try to make themselves look better in pictures? Hold the effing phone. So when I pick up the latest issue of Vogue magazine, because I do that a lot, you're telling me that's how people on the cover that's not how they roll out of bed? Wait, what? They went out of their way to look good in a photo? <sighs> Man, important information from a 20-year-old with no actual training or education in fitness, nutrition, or anything related. Thanks, Instagram. <laughs> Eric, please tell me you haven't tried to make yourself look good in any photos. Please tell me you try to look as <laughs> as possible in all of your photos. I uh, I do. I let the, the makeup that I wear, I let it run off the face like I'm a clown, a sad clown. Mm, um, good. I, I, I love before and after pictures because you can tell the way they're posing is extremely different. The before is like them slouched and they're all sad. And the after is always like this perfect like chiseled pose and they're smiling and happy. And it's just it always it cracks me up. Well, we know the pose. It's the booty pop pose. And yes. we all now know the secret, and we know that people aren't perfect. Thank you, lady. 
from Instagram <laughs> with no experience in the field whatsoever. Good. Sports Illustrated recently released a story on newly retired U.S. marathon runner Ryan Hall, who apparently has gained a stunning 40 pounds of muscle from weightlifting. According to the article, Hall was tired of feeling weak. He wanted to feel strong. So like any red-blooded American, he picked up Arnold Schwarzenegger's book on modern bodybuilding and then started taking some tips from bodybuilding.com and made a makeshift gym in his garage. America! America! He is now a diehard lifter, lifting six days a week. So let me get this straight. Ryan Hall retired from marathon running, stopped running 120 miles a week, replaced that, literally he ran 120 miles a week, replaced that with six days of weight training, and still eats 4,000 calories a day, and Sports Illustrated tried to make this seem miraculous that he gained 40 pounds of muscle. Yes! I think it'd be much more amazing if he did all of those things and then stayed exactly at 125 pounds and just broke the laws of thermodynamics. That would be much more impressive of a story. This is just sort of what you would think would happen. Yes! Interesting note, though, he is planning on running seven marathons in seven days around the around the world. Wait, what? He's going to start with a race in Antarctica. Screw that. <laughs> then he's doing one in Chile. Then he's going to Miami. Then Madrid. Then Morocco. Then Dubai. And finishing in Australia. Seven days. Seven marathons. No joke to that. That just sucks. Who would do that? That is rough. Eric, you got that in your plans anytime soon? Uh, no, I would actually rather die right now uh, than do any of that. It's funny, though. This story actually kind of hits close to home for me because, as you know, I ran in high school. And when I stopped running, I was 155, and now I'm 185. And when we ran over the summer, you could clearly tell that I was struggling to run like three miles. You hit a wall what, somewhere around a, about a mile and a half, two miles. Yes! Yeah, and that's when you were like, well, you you know, adding 35 pounds probably doesn't help that at all. Uh, that's what I think about, uh, about him. Uh, he's probably going to find that out in a seven-day uh, marathon stretch. Uh, recently, the Daily Mail came out with an article informing readers that the average overeater on Thanksgiving in America takes in about 5,000 calories. The article goes on to offer up suggestions for specific meals and how to burn them off. For instance, 100 grams of candied sweet potatoes would require 20 minutes of basketball to burn off. Or, a cup of mashed potatoes would require roughly 30 minutes of vigorous hike to burn off. I love how this article acts like the only day Americans overeat is today. Like Americans are sitting around every other day of the year saying, you know what, I'd like a piece of cheese on my turkey sandwich, but I better opt for a side of vegetables instead. We all know the actuality is that they're sitting at the window at McDonald's going, look here, buddy, I paid almost $3 for these two McDoubles, and I deserve for them to be great. Great! Yes! There ain't enough ketchup on these for me. And while you're at it, I'm going to need to fill her up on my Coke. Thank you, sir. Amen! Average American eats roughly 300 calories more than they should per day. 
that includes roughly 150 calories that they don't expend doing exercise a day. Multiply that by 364 and you've got roughly 109,000 calories of overeating. Sweet. Go ahead and tell me how to get rid of that, Daily Mail. Let me guess. Stand hard or lie down? So stupid. Eric, are you planning on eating 109,000 calories worth of food today? Yes! Uh, not today. You know, uh, when I woke up this morning, I was like, mm, I might try, but no, after hearing this. <laughs> uh, I do think that's funny, though. It's, you know, we're, we're, Americans are known for overeating and overindulging. And it's like, oh, well, just on today, do we really do it? Just today. We'll make up for it. Don't worry. I'm going for a hike. Yes! And that is the fitness news, guys. Before we go to a music break, let's do one more who's wearing their birthday suit. Okay, so we know that our birthday suit wearer lived in uh, Tennessee, or was born in Tennessee, moved to Indiana at a young age of, of four, and loved to play basketball. Here's the next clue. In high school, he continued to play basketball and led his team to two straight titles, state titles, with a record of 62-1. and one. This left our birthday suit wearer as Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana. Hmm. 62 and 1. Any idea? Uh, not, not yet, no. Okay, all right. Well, this Thanksgiving Day special, guys, our music is completely dedicated, as I said before, to our musical guests, Big Thunder and the Rumblefish. So right now, we're going to take a break, and we're going to hear Cruisin', a new single out by Big Thunder and the Rumblefish. Stick with us, guys, and enjoy the music. We'll be right back.
guys we are back that was big thunder and the rumble fish with cruising great song we got them coming in the studio here in a little bit but right now we've got our ncaa football recap eric are you ready always all right let's hit it all righty starting off louisville was wiped out of the college football playoff conversation losing to unranked houston 10 to 36. Both at the same record though at 9 and 2. So Alabama yeah. Alabama modestly moved past Chattanooga 31 to 3. Surprising they didn't blow them out by 56 per usual. Just casual coasting into that Iron Bowl. Yeah. Ohio State squeaked by Michigan State 17 to 16. Michigan they managed to rally their troops and beat Indiana 20 to 10. Clemson got the job done against Wake Forest, winning on the road 35-13, to ushering in a new era of walking on water speeches from none other than Dabo himself. Mm, can't wait to be just baptized by the sermon. Sing it, Dabo. Come on now. Amen. Washington beat Arizona State 44-18. to Watch out, Petrified Wood Cup. Here come the Huskies. Yes. Wisconsin beat Purdue 49-20. Penn State beat Rutgers 39-0. The Scarlet Knights might want to uh, look into another option, other options outside of football. Yeah. Oklahoma dominated West Virginia, specifically in the first quarter, to win 56-28. Oosh. Colorado continued their march to the Pac-12 championship, beating Washington State 38-24. Oklahoma State dominated TCU 31-6, keeping their showdown in Bedlam on December 3rd. Third, very interesting. Oh, yeah. Oregon eked out a win against a 12th-ranked Utah team, perhaps saving Mark Helfrich's job a year longer. A coach that definitely looks more like the locker room janitor who smells the player's shoes when they leave as opposed to their coach. He does. He looks really creepy. Really creepy. <laughs> yeah, boy! In the Battle of Los Angeles, USC beat crosstown rival UCLA 36-14. Also, in the Battle of Los Angeles, Gorilla Radio is a great song. Hey, yeah, good uh, Rage Against the Machine reference there. I like that. Yeah, thank you. Auburn managed to beat Alabama 55-0. Wait, oh, oh wait, wait, wait. That's Alabama A&M. Mm, close, guys. Now That will be the closest that Auburn wins that game. Classic mistake. LSU lost to Florida in the closing seconds of their game, 16-10. Mm, ouch. Florida State crushed Syracuse 45-14. Talk about an orange crush. Hit me with the joke drums. Boom. Love it. Nebraska easily handled Maryland 28-7. Western Michigan kept rowing the boat against Buffalo's winning, uh, excuse me, against Buffalo, sorry, winning 38-0 to stay undefeated. Good job, Western Michigan. Stanford managed to beat rival Cal 45-31. And finally, Texas A&M beat Texas San Antonio 23-10. Who is Texas San Antonio? Where did you guys find that team? (laughs) 
Couple things about the uh, recap. Rutgers playing Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Lost those four games combined by a score of 224 to zero. Ouch, it hurts me. That's got to keep morale fairly low. There's no way you can lose four games by an average of 56, not score any points, and come out being optimistic. That doesn't happen. How could any recruit going in to play for that team be optimistic? But at least you get to play football in New Jersey. Am I right, Craig? Kicking the old pigskin in Garden State? <laughs> oh, yes, sir. So, this week, uh, Texas Insiders, they came out and said, yep, Charlie Strong lost to Kansas, which, by the way, we didn't even mention because that game, neither team was close to the top 25, so we didn't mention that one. But Charlie Strong's team lost to Kansas, so he's fired. Then Charlie Strong came out and said, yeah, I'm not fired. And then the AD said, yeah, no, he's not fired. He's going to be reevaluated at the end of the year. So basically, he's fired at the end of the season. So basically, what I'm saying is we were correct here on the Doc G Show. If you Can somebody replay last week's show real quick? Real quick. West Virginia beat Texas 24-20, keeping the Longhorns on pace to have Charlie Strong fired by the end of the season. Aha! And we called it. We mm. said that he would be terminated at the end of the season. Man, we're pretty good at that, right? We're not good at most things at calling games, but we're okay at that one. That's such a bizarre situation, though, because Charlie Strong comes into his office, and, you know, everybody hears this except him. So, like, he comes in the office, and everybody is like, hey, didn't you hear? You're fired. And he's like, what? No, I'm not. Nobody told me. I mean, in a normal office, how weird would that be in just like a normal position? Like, let's say you're Susie the bank teller, and you walk into your job, and everybody's like, sup, Susie? Heard your is getting canned later today. And you're like, what? No, I'm Susie. I'm not getting fired. What? what? The boss didn't tell me. Well, Suze, that's just the thing. See, you're totally fired, 100%. He also said you're ugly. Like, that never happens. It's just such a weird dynamic. Why would they do that? It's so poorly handled. Eric, who do you think is going to be Texas's next head coach? You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and it might be a, it might be a stretch, but I think this would be interesting. I think it is possible. Um, I'm going to say uh, Jeff Fisher, coach of the Los Angeles Rams, should I think he should get fired because uh, he sucks as a head coach yeah, he's pretty in bad. the NFL? Yeah, uh, he hasn't done a very good job, and I think I think he should make the transition to college. So I think um, uh, I think Texas should uh, that's, definitely. That's an interesting one. I haven't heard that one. I've heard the coach of SMU. That's a that's a big popular one. Obviously, Tom Herman from Houston. That's everybody's golden boy. You know, that's what everybody's getting a stiffy for. So wait, what? Um, here we go. We've got some really popular games this week, uh, of course. Coming up this weekend, we've got Ohio State versus Michigan. Who do you think is going to win that one? Give it to me. Uh, you know, I hate this one because I love Michigan and I hate Ohio State, and I want to go with my heart with Michigan, and um, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going Michigan. I think that Ohio State has really gotten lucky this year and won 
some games, close games against some really crappy teams. And Michigan has blown everyone out that they should beat. And besides that Iowa game, I really don't see a weakness for Michigan. So I think they'll take care of business. I'm in, I'm in it. I'm in it with you. Yes! I'm in it with you. I don't. I don't like Ohio State, so I'll be in it with you, anyways. Even if even if I didn't <laughs> believe it, because I just don't like them. Uh, Alabama versus Auburn. Who do you think's uh, got the Iron Bowl? I'm going upset. I'm taking Auburn. Oh. Oh. Okay. That is. Oof. I can't agree with you on that one. I'm. I'm gonna stick with. Uh, I'm gonna stick with the Rolling Tide. Okay. As we know. Both being so well, you're about to graduate from South Carolina, and me being a South Carolina grad. Who are you going with with South Carolina versus Clemson? Oh God! Um, Go with your know, heart. Go with your heart. Do it. You know you want to. Uh, yeah, I'll take South Carolina. I think. And oh yeah. Here's why. Here's why. Not only because I am being biased, but. South Carolina is hitting a stride. They're really starting to click. They are a young team, but they have a lot of potential. And same thing with Ohio State Clemson. Uh, they have lost or won games, excuse me, that they easily, easily could have lost. So I think uh, I think South Carolina will go in there and they'll uh, they'll take care of business. It'll be a close game, but I think they'll come out on top. I, th- I think they can too. I really do. It's 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 not the bias going. I mean, they're over. They're they're being overlooked. Clemson's looking to the ACC championship. They don't think they're going to actually uh, lose this game, and they're not seriously looking at South Carolina where they should, because like you said, they're they're hitting a stride. They're doing some good stuff, and I'll tell you, the the spread on this game is 24 points. What the crap is that? Yes! Man, is Vegas not giving us any credit? 24 points? That is ridiculous. They're definitely. I'm gonna definitely bet on it. Some. Thanksgiving Day betting. Am I right, everybody out there? Woo! Thanksgiving Day miracles. Anyway, so that is NCAA football. Let's move on to a little NCAA basketball. So, top ten is out for week three. Uh, It's been out for a couple days. But uh, AP uh, top ten, here it is. We've got Kentucky number one. So, Duke was number one. They lost uh, over last weekend. Now, Kentucky's number one. Villanova, Indiana, North Carolina, Kansas, Duke, Virginia, Arizona, Xavier, and Louisville. So we got a lot of familiar faces, a lot of blue bloods in there. I'm going to ask you something, Eric. Do you think the winner, the national champion of 2017, is coming out of that group? Um, No, I do not. Isn't that always the case? That's why yeah. I ask you that. Because yes. it just almost always seems it's like it's like a thirty percent chance that it's actually going to come out of this. That's the only reason why I think it won't. Just because of history has shown us anything, it's that it's some team that people are like, ah, they'll lose in the first round, and then they keep winning, and then everyone's bracket is screwed up from the get go. Connecticut so, a couple years ago. Yeah, and Louisville, so I a think a few uh, more years ago before that, uh, Villanova last year. If uh, I think that's what will happen, but if I had to pick a team in the top ten that I think most likely could do it, I would probably go with uh, with Xavier. I, wow, yeah, you're going on that outside. I mean, usually the ones that are going to bump the odds are Duke and Kentucky just because they're turds like that. But, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, so that's who's in the top ten. We're going to stay on NCAA basketball, guys, this whole this whole year. Don't you worry. 
Okay, every week we'll have some updates for you about it, so don't don't worry. But right now we're going to move on. We're going to go to NFL football. So um, during week two of the NFL season, we picked who we thought were going to win the AFC and the NFC. Uh, can we hear the playback of Eric's picks, please? Who are your picks? NFC right now, I'm taking uh, Arizona as it stands right now. Now, with that being said, go to the AFC. I'm torn between two teams. Who I'm going with right now, and yes, because there is bias there, is I've got Pittsburgh winning the AFC because... Um, okay. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Eric, you went with Arizona for the NFC and Pittsburgh for the AFC. <laughs> Hindsight is 2020. Are you going to stay with those picks if you're choosing the two divisions today? Um, hell no, I'm not going to stay with those picks. Um, it's you know that's what a lot of people. Those were popular picks. Oh and yeah, a man. lot of people. You know they, they. I don't know what has happened. This has been a weird year. Um, I am not going to stay with those at all. NFC, I'm going to go with the hot team right now that really everyone is looking at, and rightfully so. Dallas, mm, they're clicking. With a bow they're, on top. Yeah, they are hitting on all cylinders, and that offensive line has made Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott look like uh, veterans. Did you see everybody on ESPN lose their mind for Dak Prescott throwing away a cup? Oh, that's what's happening, huh? Did no. you see that? Yeah, he threw away a cup on the sidelines. And, every, and like he didn't know that a camera was was on him and everybody and he like missed it so he, he shot it and missed it and then he picked the cup up and put it back into the trash and everybody's like oh, oh my gosh not only is he a great quarterback but he he puts his trash away can we just say that's amazing and I was like all right guys we're getting a little too Dak friendly we're a little too impressed with what's he do, what's he doing that's not that impressive. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the AFC. Who are we choosing for the AFC? Uh, the you know the really the only pick there is is New England. No team is close to them. Really, at the end of the day, um, they are far away from everyone. Yeah, there are a couple teams that record-wise are close, but if they were to play on New England, it would blow them out of the water. So that's the only one I can confidently say that I think has the best chance. I mean, did you did did you see that Seattle game? Hmm. I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 the regular season, and we're going AFC. So that was I know, that, you know I know, but I'm just saying they they showed some chinks in the armor, you know. Yeah, but if they were to play Baltimore, Pittsburgh again, um, Oakland, Denver, I it's not a competition at all. Okay, that's 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 fair enough. That's fair enough. So the new picks for the NFC, Dallas for the AFC. Patriots. Okay, so we got New England and Dallas. That seems, that seems very. You're, you're going very, you know, uh, 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 business like. That is, mm-hmm. that is with with the Vegas odds there. So today, of course, it's Turkey Day. We've got those fantastic Turkey Day uh, games. We got Minnesota versus Detroit. Um, who do you got in that? Detroit. They're hot right now, and Minnesota is really. They've fallen off. They have fallen off a little bit. Then we've got uh, Washington versus Dallas. You going with your pick, I guess? Yeah, I hope it's Washington, but I think it'll be Dallas. Man, I'll tell you, that 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 Kirk Cousins, 
He's got an attitude to him, right? Did you see that the this you, past weekend where he went up like to the that? GM? Yeah, exactly. Just went up to the GM, rubbed his head, was like, "How you like that? Huh? Give me my money, you turd." I was impressed by that. I was like, "Man, that's ballsy. I wouldn't be able to do that." Uh, Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. Who you got there? Uh, I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I think they're coming back. They're feeling a little confident after last week's win, especially with the defense. And if Andrew Luck is injured, which uh, if he doesn't play today, I'm not quite sure if he will since he's had is going through concussion protocol, um, I think Pittsburgh could pull it out. Nice, nice. All right, guys. Enjoy the football this Thanksgiving, right? Finish up the show with us here and then enjoy the football. One more sports topic for you. Justin Bieber visited a Barcelona football club training session. He took a picture with Messi and Neymar. And I've got to say, it's good to see that the Biebs has reverted back to looking like a 12-year-old. In the picture he took with uh, with Messi and Neymar, he looked like Kevin McAllister's stunt double for Home Alone 2. Solid. He's wearing a flannel. Also, big positive I took from the picture is Lionel Messi's beard. Sweet. Good job, Messi. I mean, let's be honest. He's often compared to Ronaldo. And when you're compared to Cristiano Ronaldo, it's tough. It's tough to look good against that effing Portuguese model. But, you know, I like Messi's approach. I use the same approach, which is use a beard to cover up some of your ugly. You know, maybe you're not rocking the best face. Throw some hair on. Hell yeah. Now no one's the wiser, right? Ladies, if you're a little upset right now, you're like, uh, we can't do that. We can't grow beards. Don't worry. You still have huge sunglasses and makeup. Oh, yeah. Keep that in mind, guys. If you really need to mask some ugly, go with sunglasses and a beard combo. Great cover-up of some ugly. Granted, you come out looking a little Unabomber-ish, but aside from that, good stuff. Consensus, great job on the beard, Messi, and great job looking like you're 12, Justin Bieber. Yes! Okay, let's move on to a little bit of who's wearing their birthday suit one more time. So if we remember the first uh, clues, we had born in Charlotte, Tennessee, but moved to Indianapolis with his family when he was four. Okay. As a kid in Indianapolis, he loved to play basketball. In high school, he continued to play basketball and led his team to two straight titles with a record of 62-1 and and left... Uh, which left our birthday suit wearer as Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana. Okay, here's the here's the next clue. In the NBA, he continued his dominant play, winning Rookie of the Year, an NBA championship, and an MVP award. He was nine-time first-team All-NBA, and he still stands as Sacramento Kings franchise all-time scorer. Who you got, Eric? Anybody? Oh my God! Um, uh, I am drawing a blank on the name right now, dude. No, I know. I feel like I should know this, and I think I do, but I cannot. Can I ask a question? Okay. Besides the one I just asked. <laughs> okay. Did he uh, ever win a dunk uh, contest? A dunk contest? Yes. No, he did not. Uh, so it's not who I was thinking. Okay. All right, guys. We're going to take a real quick break, but we'll be right back. So check this. 
You telling me you ain't never heard of Doc G? Ha <laughs> Coldest motherfucker around. The Doc G Podcast. Oh yeah, baby. Putting the bass in your funk. All right, guys, so it's time for our segment, Rip from the Headlines. So here comes some here comes some news for you. Uh, Dave Chappelle, probably one of my favorite, if not favorite, comedians. I know he's high up there on Eric's list. He's bringing three stand-ups to Netflix, three stand-up specials to Netflix. Son of a bitch. Going to have to get Netflix now. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, man, that's exciting, right? They just spent, this is unbelievable, Netflix spent $40 million to get two Chris Rock stand-ups. Those are new. With Dave Chappelle, I don't know how much money they spent, but they these, are, these aren't new. They're, like, from his stash. Like, they're new compared to his old stand-ups, but they're not like they're recording them specifically for Netflix. They're just like unseen that he recorded in the last few years when everybody thought he was a bit nutter butters, which he wasn't. He just didn't want to be famous. Anywho, so in other news, Marilyn Monroe's happy birthday, Mr. President dress sold for $4.8 million. If you don't remember that dress, it's, you know, the one where she said, happy birthday, Mr. President. That that wait what that dress? Um, Ripley's believe it or not bought the dress. Hmm. Aren't they supposed to be interested in like three-headed sharks and guys with arrows stuck through their heads that are still alive <laughs> and stuff like that? Like, what are they gonna do with this dress? Hey, everybody! Believe it or not, JFK liked to hook up with this lady every now and then. Everybody believe that or not? No. Yeah? Like that's weird. Why would they? Four point eight million dollars too. I'd throw in like a hundred spot if I was them, but not four point eight million dollars. They could, you know, how many three-headed sharks they could buy for that much? Jeez. Anyways, so from the Chronicle of Higher Education, a uh, a title: When the Teaching Assistant Is a Robot. So apparently, Ashok Goal, a professor, uh, professor at Georgia Tech had a computer science class where he had nine teaching assistants to answer the questions of his 300 students during the semester. The catch was that one of the teaching assistants was a computer or artificial intelligence that he named Jill Watson since the computer was powered by IBM's Watson Technology. Goal said that the idea was to free himself and the human teaching assistants from having to answer the more um, mundane questions. Students ask about 10,000 questions per semester, so Jill Watson was trained on a data set of 40,000 questions asked in previous uh, classes. These questions were things like regarding assignments, test dates, and other simple questions. A research team spent 1,500 hours creating and refining Jill Watson so that she could answer these questions autonomously. Wow. 
I bet the research team was really glad they spent 1,500 hours of their time to free up Professor Goal from having to answer mundane questions. If I was one of those researchers, I'd be like, no, program your own damn computer teaching assistant. I'm not doing that. At the end of the semester, some of the students had their suspicions that their questions were being answered by artificial intelligence. Some of them said, yeah, I got a hint that that was happening. I wonder what that was like. Uh, hey, Jill, when's the second exam? December 4th. I already told you that. You're stupid as shit. What? Hey, come on, teacher assistant. Eric, how many run-ins with robot TAs have you had? You know, I have no idea. I hope not that many, because if they are, then either two things. One, they are really freaking good. Or two, I just am not paying that close attention. Got to gotta cue in, man. They may be throwing those in. You don't even notice. What I want to know, the only ones I can figure out is when says when the email says, this is an automated message, do not reply. Then I'm like, all right. <laughs> I think this, this may be artificial intelligence. I'm not sure. Guys, I think someone other than the teacher is sending these out. <laughs> um, what I want to know is like, okay, so they spent 1,500 hours working on this thing. How long is, would you spend with those emails, right? Yeah, like, is that is that comparable to the amount of time he was spending answering these emails that he just doesn't have time for? That's exactly what I thought. I was just like, really? So basically, you're just saying you gave the research team 1,500 hours worth of work, and you were like, hey, guys, good luck with that whole Watson thing. Bring it back whenever you're finished. Yeah, and like, also, it's like that's part of your job. Like, you're there to teach the kids, so answering their questions in emails is part of the job. Not when you're a computer science major that's worried about artificial intelligence, apparently. La-dee-da. So, lastly, the Rolling Stones coming out with a new studio album. It's their first album in 11 years. Just in case you weren't keeping up, their average age is now 72. Wait, what? Now, I'm going to say this. With the full understanding that most likely Mick Jagger and Keith Richards could still easily kick my ass. But they're getting pretty old. And they still wear a pretty good amount of makeup and wear clothes that could be sort of considered girlish. I'm a little afraid when they go on tour, they could be mistaken for the Golden Girls. Hell yeah! Listeners are like, what the crap? He went from talking about Netflix to talking about a show that went off the air 30 years ago. And if you threw a party and invited everyone you knew, you would see the biggest gift was for me. And the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. Sweet. Right? Damn, I want to watch Gold Girls right now. Right? That was for my man David Britt out there big fan. Eric, do you ever binge on some Golden Girls? No, my roommate did, and it's actually really funny because it came on one day, and he wasn't looking at the TV, and he was like, oh, Golden Girls, and I just went, (laughs) wait, how did you, because it was just a theme song, and I was like, you weren't looking at the TV, you've watched this show more than... Huh? No? I don't know what Golden Girls is, it's just a guess, man. (laughs) All right, that was ripped from the headlines. It's time to go back. Who's wearing their birthday suit? 
here it is. We're going to go for the, another clue. We're going in deep. Here it is. I think this one should help you. This one, if not this one, the next one will obviously give it away. But his most memorable stat in the NBA is being the only player to ever average a triple-double. Okay, so let me review real quick. Moved to Indianapolis when he was four. As a kid in Indianapolis, loved to play basketball. In high school, continued that basketball, led his team to two straight titles with a record of 62-1. and one. That left our birthday suit wear as Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana. In the NBA, dominant play, rookie of the year, NBA championship, MVP award, nine-time first-team All-NBA, still stands as the Sacramento Kings franchise all-time scorer, and most memorable stat, being the only player ever to average a triple-double. Eric, any guess? Um, uh, oh, God, uh... I'll I'll wait till this last one. We're gonna wait till the last one to make sure. All right, guys, it's time. It is time to bring in our special guest, Big Thunder and the Rumble Fish. Here we go. It's about that time. Doc G is gonna interview Big Thunder and the Rumble Fish. Reminds me of when Doc G and I were strippers. Except I was Big Thunder and he was puny fish. <laughs> okay, guys. So our guests today on the Doc G Show are the members of the band Big Thunder and the Rumble Fish. Or I guess I should say um, more accurately, since we have two members today, it should be we have Big Thunder and Ah Rumble Fish. We have Heath Smith and Jake Parler from the band with us today. Guys, how are we doing? Doing pretty good today. Man. Fantastic. Fantastic. That is good to hear. Uh, how, how's everything uh, for the, uh, the band going right now? It's, uh, slowly but surely. It's moving forward, which is always good. Producing a lot of funky grooves, man. That's what I like to hear. That is what I like to hear on this show. Um, so I just mentioned it. I just alluded to it. Let's talk about this for a second. Where'd the name come from for the band? Um, well, uh, I'm a pretty big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Yes, we all and are. The song Righteous and the Wicked, I believe. There's a line that says, Big Thunder Rumblefish, did you get it right? I was like, hey, that'd be a pretty cool band name for a, a funky, you know, bluesy, jazzy, fusion-type band. So that's sort of what inspired that. You know, that's sort of that, that's sort of ironic, and only ironic to me. So our listeners are sitting there like, what the crap is ironic, you idiot? Um, what's ironic is the fact that in sixth grade, I wrote a poem, Heath, that was called Sitting on a Sack of Beans. And that's from another <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers song. So that's pretty nuts. I didn't, yeah. I didn't actually know that. That's that's uh, that's crazy, man. Um, so now you guys, you know, label yourself bluesy, roxy, funky. Uh, what would you say your biggest influences are as a band? Um, I'm definitely inspired by the Chili Peppers again. Uh, Black Keys, 
really really big influence i've been digging a lot of santana lately mm. so that's kind of mixed in there that classic rock organ sound definitely so. definitely jake what yeah you got? man same same way i'm more of a uh as you know a 90s grunge guy that's oh, what yeah. i'm into i mean that's originally when i started playing music that's what i, what I was kind of going for mm. but uh you know met up and started playing with heath and then uh started getting into like some some pink floyd and some zeppelin and uh i my musical interests are are changing i guess you could say evolving if you will evolving exactly i gotcha i got you now um i couldn't help but notice that on both of you guys list of influential bands and artists you didn't include selena gomez are you saying she's not she, bluesy enough for you guys? She just missed the cut for me there, Doc yeah, G. Just, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, she's on my not list. Far, she's She's got lupus. Give her something. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, give, give credit where credit is due. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jake, quick. Favorite blues song, go. Favorite blues song? Yeah. Mm. Okay, oh, man. Favorite blues song. You're taking hmm. too much time. Heath, go. I know. <laughs> uh, I like the song The Sky is Crying by Stevie Ray mm. That is a good jam. That was the best answer. You missed it, Jake. Um, yeah. Heath, Terrific. favorite type of deli sandwich. Go. Uh, the Rebel Rouser from Beezers. Ooh, that is a Here good choice. Go. Man, Jake, Heath is beating Ruben. you all up and down on these. <laughs> uh, Jake. Do you ever see yourself growing a beard in the future? Oh my goodness, no, I'm no, sorry, guys. It's just not. It just, it just, it just grows in like real Joe Dirtish. It just like mm, real empty. white trash. I got it. That's understandable. <laughs> yeah. Empty spaces. I understand. Yeah, mm-hmm. you are. You yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. Well, you know these are important points, guys. I'm just trying to get the full story for Seventeen Magazine when they do the future. Uh, Big Thunder and Rumblefish cover story that we all know they're going to. Uh, so, earlier in the podcast, we, we heard a great jam uh, from you guys. We heard Cruisin'. I absolutely love this song. Awesome. Killer song. Um, we're going to hear another one after we finish the interview. But for the first song, Cruisin', uh, was there any particular inspiration for this track? It just when I started playing the chords, Jay and, and Jake, um, I don't know. I just kind of thought to myself, this is something I could listen to just like on a road trip or something like that. So that is uh, really, really kind of what this song is about. And I don't know that feeling you get, I guess, when you ride into a new city or something, and it's just kind of it's a new world almost. You, so that's sort of you definitely get that vibe. It's, it's. I mean, you know, you get that cruising vibe. It's a good feeling, man. Yeah, I wanted to make it sort of cheery. I like a good memory of something, you know. I just, I just realized this, Jake. How is Ken handling the fact that now in the band that you're in, there is a J and a Jake Cuh? Is he, I, is he able to handle that? I'm telling you, man. I, I really had to. Uh, you know, he was calling me Jay there for the longest time, as you know. Uh, yes, I'm well aware. And I finally told him, I was like, "Listen, man, you got to cut it out. <laughs> we got it. 
You got to start calling me by my name. Gosh. You know, Man, you are you are a hard nosed guy making people call you by your actual name. That's ridiculous. I know, man. It's crazy. Now, um, some of the listeners out there of the Doc G podcast may not know, but me and the the Rumblefish, we we have a history. You know, we were we were together in the gym staff uh, before the Rumblefish took off and became the blues rock phenomenon slash world sensation that they now are, you know. Uh, now, I'm going to ask you a tough question here, guys. I'm going to throw it out there. Did you guys start a new band because I'm too old and insufficiently cool for your taste as a band? Was that it? Did that happen? Was I just not cool enough? You can tell me the truth. I'm, I mean, my listeners know I'm not cool. That's, that's a thing. Thing, if anything, you're too cool. Oh, oh <laughs> With too good. much wisdom. That, yeah, too definitely, definitely, definitely too cool. Classic save, guys. Thanks, you made me feel good. Um, now you guys have some great stops coming up as far as shows. You were just at uh, New Brooklyn Tavern, which was on the 23rd uh, in Columbia, South Carolina. That was a big show for you guys. Is there anywhere else uh, you guys have planned in the upcoming future? We'll be back at the Tipsy Toad in Chapin, uh, near Columbia here, on December 10th. And then got to show up at Breakers, actually, in January 13th. Just announced. That's right, guys. So, January 13th, that is a Friday, Friday the 13th. Come out to Breakers Live and check us out. We're going to be rocking the socks off everyone there. So let's let's run down that one more time. You said Tipsy Toad, that was December 10th, right? Right, so, Saturday, I believe. So Tipsy Toad in uh, South Carolina, Columbia, yep. or Lexington, right? Chapin. Chapin, okay. So Chapin, South Carolina, Tipsy Toad. You can see, uh, you can see the fellas playing. And then when was the other date? Uh, so far, January 13th. January 13th at Breakers uh, Live in Five Points, Columbia, South Carolina. That's going to be a big one. You're going to want to make sure you guys come out and see Big Thunder and the Rumblefish there for sure. If you guys want to check them out on Instagram, their uh, page is Big Thunderfish, uh, all one word, B-I-G-T-H-U-N-D-E-R-F-I-S-H. Just check them out on there. You can also check out a lot of their tunes under Smokehouse Records on uh, SoundCloud. Uh, All right, guys, you mentioned that you've been influenced by a lot of different bands, Santana and and Stevie Ray Vaughan and Red Hot Chili Peppers. We're going to play a little trivia here. We're going to see how well you guys know famous blues uh, and uh, rock lines. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, okay. Born ready. Here comes a a, a pretty pretty famous one. Here it is. Uh, As it was... Then again, it will be, though the course may change sometimes, rivers always lead to the sea. Ooh. Mm. That sounds very much like a Jimi Hendrix line. Hendrix? Are we, yeah. are we, are we agreed on Hendrix? What do you think? Um, you know, Ben, you know I'm not very good with music trivia. and I know it's sad, so I'm going to have to go with Heath on this one. Okay, guys, uh, can we get a sound effect? Yeah. Ah, sorry. 
Incorrect. Zeppelin. Zeppelin, mm. right there. It's start start of ten oh. years. Ten I knew years. It. Oh, that's that's right. I knew it. Yeah, yeah, okay. you knew it, but you didn't want to go away from your your team's answer. I understand. <laughs> exactly. I understand, exactly. Jake. You're a team man. Good job. Okay, here we go. Here's another one. Yeah, I love my lady. She's long and lean. You mess with her, you see a man get mean. Uh, that's pride and joy all day. Ah uh, ha ha! I'm not even gonna wait for an answer. Let's hear the the right sound effect. There we go. Yes. Yes, indeed. That is Stevie Ray Vaughan, Pride and Joy. All right, here we go. Uh, we're going to, this is giving away a little bit, but this one's getting a little bluesier. Now, when I was a young boy, at the age of five, my mother said I was going to be the greatest man alive. Mm. Jake, I'll repeat it for you. Now, when yeah, I was a young ahead. boy at the age of five, my mother said I was going to be the greatest man alive. That sounds that sounds like either Muddy Waters or B.B. King. Oh, man. Jake 50-50. I'll tell you, one of those is correct that Heath said. Which one do you think it is? Ah, oh, man. Heath, do you have a preference? It's really a toss-up, man. All right, well, I'm just going to choose for you, okay? Yeah, yeah, choose for me. All right, so I'm going to go with Muddy Waters. Ah, yes, correct. It is. Let's hear that sound effect. Yeah. I knew it. Good job, Jake. All right, here we go. Two left, two left. Um, I didn't mean to take up all your sweet time. I'll give it right back to you one of these days. Uh, that's Voodoo Child, for sure. Voodoo Child. Voodoo oh, Child. Yes. Good job, team. Correct again. Correct again. All right. Here we go. Last one for all the marbles. Here we go. <clears throat> Me and Selena, we've always made blues super together. She's a blues influence, like rain is considered bad weather. Mm. Selena? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Me and Selena, we have always made blues super together. She's a blues influence, like rain is considered bad weather. Just to be clear, you're not referring to Selena Gomez here. What? Oh, you nailed it. That is a classic Doc G line right there. Good job. Yes. Just You're welcome. Just playing homage to Selena Gomez and her brilliance. That's all that is, guys. All right. <laughs> Guys, you passed our trivia test. Congratulations. You win absolutely nothing except the adulation of the millions of Doc G listeners out there. Remember, you can listen to Big Thunder and the Rumblefish January 13th at Breakers Live, Five Points, Columbia, South Carolina. Going to be a big show. Check them out on Instagram as well. Jake, Heath, I want to thank you for being on the show with us here on the Thanksgiving Day special. Really happy to be here. Yeah, thank you thank for you, having Doc G. Man, we appreciate it. Man, guys, you got to check them out. Uh, we're going to hear one more song from the Big Thunder and the Rumblefish called Visions. And then we're going to hear a throwback jam from Jim uh, Staff called Blue. We'll be right back after these sweet jams. See you on the other side.
Alright guys, you just heard Big Thunder and the Rumblefish and then their previous band, the Gym Staff. So you heard a little bit of First uh, Voices, another new single by the group, and then you heard Blue by the Gym Staff. Both great songs. I'm so happy that Big Thunder and the Rumblefish came out to see us. That was awesome. Such a good band. And remember, you guys got to go out and see them on January 13th. Got to make sure that you get yourself down to Breakers Live in Columbia in Five Points and see them rock out. It's going to be an awesome show. So, back to our show uh, as far as 
who's wearing their birthday suit? $100 on the line. Very exciting. Let's recap, because this is the last question. Born in Charlotte, Tennessee, but moved to Indianapolis when his family was four. As a kid, loved to play basketball. In high school, he continued to play basketball and led his team to two straight titles with a record of 62-1. and And that left our birthday suit wear as the Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana. In the NBA, he continued his dominant play, winning Rookie of the Year, NBA Championship, MVP Award, nine-time first-team All-NBA, and he stands as Sacramento Kings franchise all-time scorer. His most memorable stat, which a lot of people have been talking about this year because of Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, his most memorable stat is being the only player to average a triple-double. Okay, last one. His nickname was The Big O. Eric. Oscar Robertson. Oscar Robertson. There it is. Hit the applause. Give it to me. Oh, yeah. Let it wash over. Man, how'd you get that? Oh, I'll tell you how I got it. Uh, Google. Ah, cheater. I had to. I, there was. I, when you were telling me these, I was like, "There, I don't know who this is. You millennial. <laughs> I can't believe you don't doing call me such that. a thing. My gosh, guys. Well, let's review it. Let's review it. Now you guys all win because you've got the answer. Now you can make a post on social media, either Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Put the answer, Oscar Robertson, in there, and then put the hashtag, the Doc G Show, and you're entered to win $100. That is awesome. So let me review real quick. It was Oscar Robertson, so he was born in Tennessee. They moved to Indiana. When he got there, they couldn't actually afford a basketball, so they wrapped a tennis ball with rags, and they shot that. Um, In the 50s in Indiana, when he was playing in high school, these high schools were still segregated. So Big O's team was the first all-black team that won the state title. His junior year, he went 31-1, and and then his senior year, 32-0. and 32-0. Very impressive. Uh, as I said before, in the NBA, just a phenomenal player. And I was telling you, I, this... This is what's going to throw me, and I told you this before the uh, before the show. Sacramento Kings franchise all-time score. Who, 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 you know, I would think San. I would think Sacramento. That's what I would think. But it's because it was the Cincinnati Royals which he played for, and they moved to Sacramento. That franchise did. So he played back in the '60s for the Cincinnati Royals. Um, and like I said, he did average a triple-double on the Cincinnati Royals. 30.8 points a game, 12.5 rebounds, and 11.4 assists. Did it all. Nicknamed the Big O. Happy birthday on this Thanksgiving to Oscar Robertson. Man, good who's wearing their birthday suit. Guys, make sure you enter. Make sure you get that $100. We're getting that name out there of Doc G's, and you've got a possibility of winning $100. That is awesome. It's about that time for the end of the show. And for those of you who listen to the show, you loyal fans out there, you know what it is. It's Tim Tebow News. Yeah. Yeah. 
Timmy Tebow, Timbo Slice, finished his baseball season in the Arizona Fall League. Yes! Yeah. Yeah, how do you think it went, Eric? Uh, he's the greatest uh, minor league player of all time. That's how I think it went. <sighs> Close. Close. Uh, SB Nation said that he did, and I quote, really, really, really bad in the <laughs> AFL, in the Arizona Fall League. Um, that, Tim, not my words. Okay, That's SB Nation talking smack. Apparently, he had 12 hits uh, for the 62 at-bats he had. It's uh, not, not a good average if I were to add that up. Um, here's some of the reviews that the scouts from the major leagues gave him. Awful. Stinks. Ugly. Ugly! Ugly! Hmm... Tim, I don't know if it'll help, but maybe a little advice from Messi. If they're saying you're ugly, grow that beard back, man. Grow it up. Cover some of that ugly. Maybe you'll make it into the major leagues. Eric, any advice? Uh, quit. Oh. <gasps> well, uh, <laughs> he's coming over here, right? Guest host, spread a little love, spread a little Jesus into our lives, right? Amen. Be the Timmy Tebow that he can all be. That we can all be with him, right? Am I right? Nope. Anybody? I, I feel like if I met him, he would approach me like a um, uh, Jehovah's Witness and be like, do you have time to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I'd be like, Tim, back up, all right? I feel like I'd want to hate him and I wouldn't be able to. Like, it's so easy to hate him when he's not around you. But then I feel like if I met him, I'd be like, oh, gosh, please hang out with us, Tim. Please. Guys, that's the Tim Tebow update, and that is the Thanksgiving Day special. It has been awesome. It has been an awesome Thanksgiving. Am I right, Eric? It has been a blast, and now it's time to go stuff my face hole and then sleep for hours. Mm. Guys, I hope you're doing the same out there. I hope you guys stuff your face hole. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I hope you enter to win our $100. And above all, I hope you tune in again to the Doc G Show. All right, guys? Uh, for this week and for this special, I am Doc G. And with me, as always, is... Eric Cirillo. Guys, and we will see you next week. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. <laughs>